grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this is a holiday weekend. Uh, that's, I assume, why many of you are here to go get some candy afterwards. And for the rest of the world, yes, it's a holiday weekend as we put on our costumes and load up with uh, carbohydrates and stuff for Halloween. But here within the church, it's also a holiday. That's why we have the red everywhere. So I got my red, red chucks on today. Um, because today we're also celebrating something called Reformation Day. And for those of you who don't know, Reformation Day is celebrating back to the mid-1500s. Uh, when the Catholic Church was pretty much the only church going at the time, it was the only game in town, and uh, it kind of had lost its way. Uh, not dissimilar to like the Pharisees in the time of Jesus, where they were trying, they said that they were following the way of God, but they had kind of lost their way. And a monk within the system got the chance to read through Scripture uh, by the name of Martin Luther. He stood up and said, hey, I'm seeing some issues here. The Bible says this, but we're teaching this. This doesn't seem to line up. What do you guys think on this? And rather than engaging in a conversation, the church at the time kind of doubled down. Uh, their response was, uh, <laughs> pipe down, Marty. Like, don't say the quiet part out loud. We kind of know that we're in on it here. Do you, are you, is your cut not big enough? What's going on here, right? And so Luther basically said, I stand on scripture. And he kept asking the question, what matters? What's important? What is the part that matters? And ultimately, he came down to these three concepts, right? He used Latin because that was the academic language of the day. He said, sola gratia, sola fide, sola scriptura. So by grace alone, through faith, we are saved, and we know this by scripture alone, sola scriptura, right? So basically, the idea is we get our primary source. How we understand God and our relationship with him, our relationship with this world is through the Bible, Old and New Testament, various writings. We believe that God inspired various people to write these, and that is our primary source. That means it's not the Pope, not what he says, not what your preacher says, um, not what tradition says, but the answer of because we've always done it that way, that is not a theological answer. That is a man-made answer, right? Um, and so when it comes to like what makes somebody Lutheran, well, why are we a Lutheran church? It's not about our style. It's not about, you know, how red the carpet is or whether we use an organ or a guitar or whatever. Um, it, it all comes down to what we believe. And we believe that Scripture is the primary source. And we believe that we are saved by grace through faith. Now, I've gone into all three of those in a sermon fairly recently, actually. Um, so today, I just want to focus on that middle one. The one that really applies to our life, that, that we live out every single day. And that is, uh, the, the term is sola fide, it's faith alone. But before I go into that, let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this chance that we get to be here together in worship, whether here in this room or online. Lord, I thank you for the chance to share your message. I pray that it is your message. I pray that you would reform us, that we would be able to seek what matters to know your truth. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us, myself included, as we submit ourselves to you. In your name we pray, amen. Again, special welcome to those of you online. If you're watching live on Sunday morning, go ahead and hit share so that others may join us and hear the message of hope. So faith, it's a term that you hear a lot. It's you know written in cursive on people's walls, all this kind of stuff, right? What is faith? It is believing despite not knowing. Pretty simple definition. Believing despite not knowing. Um, it, it's kind of trusting despite not knowing, you might even say. Trusting in it. 
And so I want to illustrate some examples of faith with two different stories. The first one, uh, and both of them involve trains. And I know here in America, we don't experience many trains, uh, and that's part of the issue. See, my wife and I, we were just out of graduate school. Uh, we got a chance to go to Europe for a while, just a couple weeks. And we took uh, a train for the very first time. And being an American, I assumed that trains were kind of like planes. Like there'd be a little gate agent, they'd check your little ticket, say this is the car you're supposed to go to, that there was a, a whole system. Not so much. Uh, basically, they just open the doors and they say, get on the train, find your seat, and then once we're moving along, somebody's going to come along and make sure you're in the right spot, which is a lot of pressure for somebody who doesn't know totally what's going on. Uh, and we, we did it right. Our first train ride was from Paris to Austria. So some of the most beautiful places you've ever been in that first leg from Paris to uh, Zurich, Switzerland. We did it in style. Now, we weren't supposed to do it in style, but we did because we found ourselves in a first-class car. Um, again, had just graduated from grad school, as broke as could possibly be, yet we just sat down and we thought we were in the right spot. We should have known we weren't when the lady sitting or the girl sitting in the car with us had a father who was a Swiss banker. And she, uh, she had a $20,000 Birkin bag that she just chucked on the floor. And we're like, oh, we're in the wrong place. <laughs> um, but that's cool because nobody kicked us out. So we hung out there for a while and, and we kind of chatted with her. It was like you know, sharing a train car with Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. Um, and, and we're chatting and, and I was glancing at my ticket. Now it's occurring to me as I'm looking like, okay, so we get into Zurich, Switzerland. And then our next train leaves three minutes later. That does seem like a challenge. Okay, so as we pull into Zurich, we're like, all right, we gotta figure this out, we gotta move quickly. We don't know where this train is, we don't know what this train looks like, we don't even really know the number of the train. We're like shoving people out of the way, it's the beginning of Home Alone where they're trying to catch the plane, like do, do, do. And so we're shoving Veruca out of the way and we finally, we're, we don't even, we're not looking at the numbers. We're not looking at destinations. This was our reasoning. We have three minutes, we're gonna look for a train that's leaving. That is, <laughs> And so we looked for the one that looked like it was most ready to go. And there was a little guy standing there all aboard. And we're like, all right. So we jump on. And the first person that we go to, we're like, is this the train? And the person kind of shrugs. We're like, what, what does that mean? And so we go to the next person. Is this the train? He didn't know either. Finally, the third person was like, yeah, that's the train. We're like, oh. We found, like, we were already out of the city at this point, right? Now, what that illustrates when it comes to faith that sometimes we do wrong is just blindly trusting saying like, I'm just going to dive in headlong, not ask any questions, it'll be fine. See, sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that, that doubt is the opposite of faith, that doubt somehow is what stops us from having faith. No, no, doubt is part of faith. It's actually foundational for faith. Because again, the phrase is trusting despite not knowing. So it's that despite not knowing that means that there is a level of doubt within it, right? If you're completely certain, it's not really faith. And so when you hear like, oh, is doubt, is that kind of messing? If you find yourself when it comes to church, when it comes to God having questions, don't think that you're doing something wrong. You should have questions. That's the nature of faith. Just have the diligence to listen to the answer, right? So jumping onto that train without asking questions, that's kind of the first mistake you can make when it comes to faith. The second mistake you can make is illustrated thusly. Again, a train. Uh, this one's a subway. And it's in New York City. Uh, a couple years later, we've ridden trains at this point, but we go out to uh, Coney Island. We're staying in Queens, 
We go out to Coney Island, and we're having a good time, and it's near the end of the day, so time to head back to Queens. So we go, and we know that we have to take the D line, right? Except there was this, this voiceover that kept saying, the D train is on the F line. The D train is running on the F line. And to this day, I don't know what that means. Am I supposed to get on the F line or the D? Like, there were two trains, both labeled F and D, and I'm going... Which one's going to take me to Queens? The other one's taking me to Jersey or something, so I don't want to go there. So I'm trying to figure this out, and we, we literally got onto one of the trains. We sat down. I'm like, this is it. This is for sure. We feel pretty good. And we literally got up and left. We're like, nope, this can't be it. We ran to the next one. We sat down. We're like, first one was right the first time. So we ran back over. Luckily, we guessed correctly. We ended up on the proper train going back to Queens. But it was terrifying. And if any of you are from New York and can tell me what that means, that it's D train running on the F line? What does that mean? I don't know. Anyway, so the second thing that this illustrates, the issue that we have is we could have just sat down on a bench and said, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't trust that I can make the right decision. I don't have enough information here. We're just not going to get on this train. And unfortunately, sometimes in our lives, that's what we do. When it comes to faith, when it comes to trust, sometimes we say, you know what? I don't think I have enough information here. I don't know that I, I can trust my decision. I'm just not going to do it. And so we let life pass us by. We let opportunities pass us by. We let chances to do something adventurous, to try something new, to experience something that can potentially change not just our lives but the lives of the people around us because we lack faith, because we're afraid. See, if doubt is healthy to have when it comes to faith, fear is deadly. If you let your fear get in the way of your faith, the question is this. What is fear holding you back from? What is fear making you just sit down on that bench and say, I'm not getting on any of these trains because I don't know which one I should get on. How is fear holding you back? What, what are you afraid of in your life? What step are you unwilling to take because you're letting fear dictate you rather than faith, rather than trust? See, that's the question when it comes to this idea of fear and faith and doubt. We see in Mark chapter 4. Uh, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, him being Jesus, uh, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. He was asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. <clears throat> he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The idea of fear and faith, while they may not necessarily be opposites, they certainly are at odds with each other. And we let our fear dictate our lives rather than our faith. We let our fear get in the way of trying new things. We let our fear get in the way of reaching out to people, of sharing how we feel about people, about sharing compassion with people. It's worth noting, by the way, that it's, it's not just because you don't know. Because look back at the disciples. They were afraid because of the storm, rightfully so, because you're, you know, you're in a boat, it's a big storm. 
But even after the wind and the waves were calmed, it said they were what? Terrified. They still had that fear dictating them. They still had that fear within them. And so just because you don't know, that is not where your fear comes from. Your fear comes from a lack of faith, a lack of trust. Fear is deadly. Fear will stop you from living life. So what are you afraid of? How can you let go of that fear? How can you trust in God? Now, all that said, when Martin Luther is talking about sola fide, sola gratia, he's talking about salvation. He's talking about our eternal life. So how does all this play together? Well, we see in James chapter 2, verses 20 through 24, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Hold on. That's the Bible. Scripture alone, right? But it ended with, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So why did old Marty Luther back in the 1500s say faith alone? That's one of our tenets. And it just said not faith alone. How does this work? Are we saved by grace or by what we do, by how we live our lives? I know plenty of people that they do some, they tell an off-color joke, they tell something, do something inappropriate, and they say, oh, I'm going to hell for that one. It's not about that. It's not about how we live our lives. It's about the grace that we receive. But, but what's James at here? What is he talking about? Well, first, just to soothe you know, your mind. Let's hear a couple scripture verses, kind of a shotgun approach here. Romans chapter 3, verse 28, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. And then lastly, our reading that we heard earlier, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So what is that James thing talking about, that, that faith without works is dead? Well, it's like this. It's not enough to trust that the train is going to Queens if you don't get on it. You have to take the step to do something. It's not enough to just have empty faith and say, God, I trust in you in all things. Oh, no, no, I'm not leaving this bench. I trust that you're going to provide for me in all things. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to talk to you about anything. I trust that you're going to care for people in my life. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to pray about them. See, it involves this reaction of seeing, God, you have set me free, and with that freedom, I can now live in gratitude and thanks. I've shared a story before of uh, I got a chance to go on a boat tour, and about halfway through the boat tour, um, I realized that I could not afford said boat tour. And I was... I was um, it was not a good situation. I was thinking in my head like, okay, so I work for this guy now. That's pretty much the only way this is going to work out. Uh, but towards the end of the tour, it was revealed to me that somebody else had already paid for me. That this debt that I was concerned about was already covered. Now, the thing is, 
I could have just walked away. I could have just said, oh, awesome. I've been set free of this debt. Ah, this is great. No, you know what I did is I stuck around and I helped clean the boat out of gratitude because I realized how wonderful this gift that I had received was that I was ready to be in like indentured servitude to this guy. And I thought the least I can do is clean the boat up a little bit for him. It's the same mindset when it comes to our life and our approach towards God. We don't have to live thinking that that we have to earn our salvation. We don't have to live thinking we have to earn God's favor. But out of gratitude, we say, God, what can I do to help? God, how can I help others? How can I take this hope that I have? How can I take this freedom, this love that's been freely given to me? And how can I share that with others? When you're set free, it should be like this. It should be if you've been sitting on that train every day for 50 years. Those of you who grew up in the church, who have been coming to church since before you can even remember, if you see a tourist who's lost on the train, get up and go talk to them. Tell them, yeah, I know, I know it's confusing, F train, D line, it's really confusing, but you're on the right train. You're going the right way. Because faith is scary. There's this fear that comes within us, this doubt that, that these boil up within us. So if we, as Christians, can help each other, can guide people along, can walk alongside someone and say, hey, we can do this together. I've been through this. I've been through this valley of the shadow of death. I trust that God is going to see us through this. We can help each other. That's why we come here. That's why it's not enough to just read your Bible and have a relationship with God. No, it's about community. It's about being together with a family of believers. It's not just this group. It's all the Christians who have gone before, all the Christ followers So, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I come to you today praying that God will inspire faith within you, that the Holy Spirit is stoking to life the flame within you, that little spark that's just ever so smoking, that he can push aside the fear that you're letting dictate you, you're letting uh, ruin your life that we wouldn't live according to fear, but instead live according to faith and trust in God. Trust that God is with you. What are you afraid of? What fear can you let go of? How can you trust in the one who made you, who knows you, and who loves you? Because here's the thing, if you understand the gospel, that God saw that everything was broken, rather than just sitting back and being like, oh, hope they figure that out, Instead, he entered into the world, walked among us, lived the perfect life, which was full of compassion, by the way, full of grace. He lived that perfect life and then took it to the cross so that our debt is paid. Once you understand that gospel, it should set you free. You're not having to live to impress God. You shouldn't be living to impress man either. We live knowing that we have been set free, that our identity is in Christ. That should be the freedom that we live our days with every single day. Let go of fear. Let go of the obstacles that cause you to stumble. I pray that we can find faith. I pray that we can, we can have the courage to take the step to get on the train and to trust that God is with us in it. And I pray that we would have the courage to ask the question, just like old Martin Luther, what matters? What matters is that God loves you. God knows you. He knows everything about you, and he loves you, just like he loves every single person. Let's let go of our fear. Let's let go of that judgment. Let's live according to the faith of the Holy Spirit within each and every one of us. Amen? Amen.